Welcome to episode 10 of the Arbor Vitae podcast promoting virtue in woodworking. I'm Adam Taylor. And I'm Jonathan Conrad. And we'll be your co-hosts for today. Our mission is to explore how different virtues influence the way we live and work in the shop, how virtues contribute to the fruitfulness of our labor, and to highlight those who are making significant contributions to this great woodworking community. Jonathan, what have you been working on since we talked last? Well, it's a lot of the same stuff. Uh, <laughs> you know, new projects, but the same kind of projects. Uh, I finished up a, a box recently for a good priest friend of mine, uh, which was really fun. You know, it was hand-cut dovetails. Um, and I struggled with the lid placement. Uh, got some recommendations from Guy. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's more practice uh, getting better every time. Um, but one thing I wanted to talk about as far as kind of like what's on the bench, uh, mm-hmm. is a tool that I've gotten to is kind of become like, like my best friend <laughs> and I never really understood its significance or appreciated it that much until I got into chisel work, Okay, you know, cutting mortises or, you know, chiseling out mortises and doing dovetails. It's the simplest of tools, but the marking knife. Ah, um, you know, it it sounds like such a simple thing, but when you understand its purpose, which is to create the line that where two pieces of wood are going to be joined, Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't matter what happens inside that line. Like from one, from one face of the board to the other face of the board, the only thing that matters is the edge that they're joined at. Everything else can be an absolute mess. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've gotten a lot faster, um, because I'm not too worried about, you know, like when I'm cutting, um, the, you know, the shoulders of a mortise or even dovetails, I'll cut down a little bit, like, so that goes down a little bit like this, a V, okay. um, because it doesn't, and not significant, right. But it's like. I'm not worried about it being perfectly straight across. Sure. Um, if there's a small cavity, there's just a little bit extra space maybe for glue. But ultimately, the only thing that matters is the edges that join. And when you use a marking knife well and you get, you know, you practice with it and you get a good solid line, um, it just, it it makes for pretty quick work of, you know, hand cut uh, joinery. Mm-hmm. Um, so... You know, that's that's been uh, a, a very surprisingly valuable tool um, as I get more and more comfortable with doing hand cut uh, joinery uh, that I that's been, you know, fun to get comfortable with it um, and has made that transition a lot easier uh, because I'm able to kind of, you know, I'm not flying through things at this point, but. I'm certainly getting much more proficient. Um, and obviously both the marking knife as well as the marking gauge of having a consistent, uh, you know, a straight line off of a reference line. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I've got going on. What about you, Adam? That's awesome. Um, well, before we get into me, I just want to say the box looks fantastic. Thank you. And I have to ask, um, how did the inlay go for the cross? Honestly, it was super easy. <laughs> That's and awesome. And it's just because, um, so, you know, I, I definitely because of our interview with Mary May and mm-hmm. then, the, you know, the most recent one with Craig, it really definitely inspired me to say, let me just, I want to add just one little extra 
step. One little extra thing. Yeah. Um, to kind of continue to incrementally grow uh, and develop my skills. And I was like, I've made several boxes now. Let me just add one touch of detail. You know, of course, my mind immediately raced to like all these crazy, in, uh, complex things to do. And I was like, <laughs> I don't have the skills or the tools for any of those things. You sound like a woodworker. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I was like, but I bet I could do just a basic, simple inlaid cross. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sure enough, it's not that different than a mortise. Uh, there's no <laughs> curves or any, you know, any complex, any, anything complicated. It was just, um, you know just a, a simple cross shape, all square edges, all straight lines and, you know, drill it out with a drill press, uh, chisel out the rest of it with the chisel after marking all the, all the lines. And that's, I mean, again, that's what made that easy is that mm-hmm. I marked out all the lines with my marking, with my marking gauge, and my marking knife. Um, then I chiseled in or I drill press chiseled in, um, and then used my, um, uh, my uh my block plane to to thin you know to very carefully thin out the the inlay stock until it until it had a perfect fit wow now um, and i tapered thick... it a little bit okay how thick of a uh, of a material did you use for the inlay i mean it it went it was probably a quarter it went about a quarter inch deep oh okay gotcha so it wasn't like i didn't you know because there's like there's no reason to make it thin right um it would be harder to cut out the area um, there wouldn't be as much glue surface and the lid is, you know, the lid is three quarters inch thick anyways. Right. Um, so it's like, there's no reason for it to be dainty. I, you know, so I was like, I'm going to drill in at least a quarter of an inch, um, get a good solid bond, you know, much like a, like a butterfly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it went surprisingly easy. Um, <laughs> But again, I already had all the things in place, and I—I I mean, I, sure. other than the drill press piece, I did everything else by hand. Um, you know, I already—I have a shooting board, so I was able to, um, you know, take incremental amounts off the end of the inlaid pieces, um, and I had a, like a small, planing board for thin stock, um, so that I could, you know, put it on that block and and take just narrow passes just until I got the perfectly, you know, until I got the perfect fit. So, uh, I mean that all, honestly, all of that took less than 20 minutes. Wow. That's incredible. But all those skills I already had. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's great. That's fantastic. It, It really turned out well. And, uh, you know, I, I can only remember seeing the one picture, but it looked just incredibly tight and, um, like no gaps, no anything like that. It just looked awesome. So um, kudos. All right. So what are you working on, Adam? Well, I have been also coincidentally or not coincidentally, as it were, working on the same things. <laughs> um, so we've been working on the shop. Uh, we just got the tin, um, the metal roofing and siding delivered. Um, which is really, really cool. And it's a hilarious picture. I'll have to see if I can get it in time to put it up in the show notes. But when it was delivered, my dad took a picture of the metal in the garage. They delivered it right into one of the bays of the garage. He took a picture and sent it to my brother and me. And it is so much smaller 
than what I was expecting because it's really, really thin right. steel. Like it's, I mean, probably no more. I mean, it, it's substantially less than a sixteenth of an inch. You know, yeah. So, <laughs> and they f- stack it flat. You know, uh, they telescope it into itself, so it it looks like two pieces of siding you know and it's just it's the funniest thing because you think oh yeah we got you know all this metal that's going to cover the entire building cover one side dan (laughs) right (laughs) and so um i'll try to get a picture of that and and put it on the show notes but uh we're gonna actually put the roof the roofing on tomorrow so that'll be cool and hopefully i will um or not tomorrow but saturday Uh, tomorrow when this airs so that'll be good yeah um and then my brother and I have been working on the bunk beds, of course. We just finished the dresser, and I posted some pictures of that Yeah, that Instagram. looks fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's turning out really well, and um, I think next we're going to do the stairs, just because that way, if one of my nieces wants to practice walking up and down onto the dresser, since it's, it's probably going to be a little intimidating, um, they'll be able to do that, and then we'll have the the second bed as the final piece that we'll work on after that. So we're really excited. Um, We've got almost everything for the stairs cut out. So uh, I'm going to go over tomorrow night and work on that. And hopefully we'll actually get the stairs ready for paint at that point. So um, it's just, it's amazing how quickly it's flying by after it's dragged on for so long. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and I, I feel like that's probably something that a lot of our listeners have experienced with their own projects too. Um, I'm sure. I mean, even if, even if, even for the guys that are doing this full time, I mean, I'm sure it, you know, the, you have though, you, everyone has those projects that seem like they take forever and it's partly because they're really, really big projects. Um, and you know, there's a multitude of reasons. Um, you know, I know right. with the beds that I made for the twins, it took me, you know, four months, but I probably, there was a calendar month where I didn't work on them at all because I didn't know how to proceed with the next step. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's why we talked about patience in episode eight. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, so speaking of our past episodes, did we have any results from last episode's challenge? I was just looking through that. Um, I don't think we really got any responses. Um, just, a, you know, some some comments on, you know, guys listening to the episode, uh, which was greatly appreciated uh, from mm-hmm. uh, Sturkworks and uh, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce it, Little Boy Crafts. Um, oh. uh, so, you know, thank you for everyone for listening and uh, hopefully, um, uh, hopefully everyone appreciated it. Uh, and obviously... You know, we had a, a lot of a lot of great feedback and and positive remarks on the interview uh, um, with Craig, and that was fantastic. So uh, that was definitely very much enjoyable. Yeah, I think a lot of people really enjoyed that, and I mean, how could you not? It was very, <laughs> it was yep. just a very good interview, and uh, I'm really disappointed that we were not able to recover the second part of it. Um, we got yep. probably two thirds of it, but uh, you know, it is what it is. You, you can't, <laughs> I would rather have released 
the part that we did than right. you know tried to re 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 record it or whatever you yeah. know so um the yeah so that brings us podcasting world exactly yeah computers unfortunately are still being computers at times <laughs> pretty much <laughs> So that brings us really to this week's topic, uh, which is the second part of our series on role models. Um, and this week we're going to be talking about mentors. Yeah. Um, so I think most people generally, you know, or at least have an idea of uh, in their head of kind of what, what a mentor is to them. And so, you know, the definition that we came up with, um, you know, with such a, a, a complex and uh, large topic is really an intentional relationship uh, between two individuals that's focused around personal and professional skills development of the of the said individual, the mentee. Um, and so, you know, there's two roles, right? You have the mentor, uh, the individual that has something to offer uh, experience, uh, mastered skills um and and then the mentee, uh, you know, the the individual in the relationship that's that's seeking to gain something, um, uh, you know, typically in obviously in woodworking, it's right, it's going to be woodworking skills, um, but it could also be business skills, even as a woodworker, you know, and and Craig talked quite a bit about that uh, around, kind of. You know, although he initially developed relationships from a woodworking standpoint of, I want you to teach me this skill, a lot of those matured into relationships around how to run this business and make it successful in which, you know, where I can sufficiently provide for a family. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, you know, the, the, it, it all revolves around the, the development of skills. And, and the reason why we wanted to talk about it is because what we've seen with, you know, the proliferation of kind of this DIY culture of, I, I don't need a professional, I'll just do it myself it is kind of, we've lost some of that. Uh, we've lost the beauty or, or kind of forgotten about the value of having those types of relationships in our lives. Um, and we want to kind of highlight it as let's, let's bring that back a little bit. Let's, let's not forget about the importance of it, the value of it. Um, even, you know, even in this modern time of instant information, um, of, mm-hmm. of the value of that relationship. You can still do things yourself, you know, and, and in fact, it's a way of helping you learn to do things yourself by learning from someone who knows and is experienced in those things. So it's not, I mean, far be it from us to attack the DIY movement. Um, <laughs> That's where but, we live it. Yeah, yeah, but you know, you don't need to go at it alone and one of the one of the easiest ways to ramp up your game is to find a mentor. Yeah. So, that's kind of what we'll be we'll be talking about uh, the the why's and the hows of that mm-hmm. process. Yeah, so we looked at this in, you know, from a perspective okay, um what are some of the things that I need to look for in in you know, the, the values of those types of relationships, um, and kind of the state of mind that you need to be in in order for you to understand, appreciate, uh, and begin that, you know, potentially looking for an individual. Um, and we really thought a good place to start is humility, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, is a virtue in and of itself. Um, this idea of, 
I can't really accept the wisdom of a wise man unless I can come to terms with the reality that I have something to learn. Like I don't know everything and therefore um, I have something to learn. And also recognizing that there's someone else out there that is capable of teaching, of teaching me something. In other words, there's somebody else out there that knows more than I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if we can't accept that as a reality, we can't accept uh, the reality that I need a mentor or I would benefit from a mentor or I would really benefit from anything because I'm already perfect and awesome. And I don't think we have to worry too much about our listeners, you know, thinking that way. Um, uh, but it is a good place to start from a place of humility and thinking, I still have something to learn. And that being okay, like it is, it's okay right. to admit that. Um, it's okay to admit that I don't know how to do this. Um, and sure, I could figure it out myself, but I could also go find somebody who knows this well and I could learn and develop that skill much, much quicker uh, if if I just seek out that help. And, and, you know, Craig talked a lot about that, especially as a professional who doesn't really have the time to just spend weeks on end or weekends on end in the shop just tinkering and learning through trial and error. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a business to run, uh, a family to feed. It's his livelihood. And so he, I would argue, took the, the a, a really smart path of saying, I'm going to invest, uh, make a, a, you know, a financial investment, but an investment of my time. Um, and I'm going to go seek out a, a master in a skill that I need to learn. Um, and I'm going to take a crash course. I'm going to and I'm going to invest heavily in it uh, with that time um, and and really try and draw uh, draw something out of that uh, and, and try and accelerate that that learning curve. Um, and that's really kind of the second piece of mm-hmm. of of looking at, you know, the mentor and the mentee relationship of of it being an investment of of both the individual providing the, the expertise from a mentoring standpoint, as well as the mentee of investing in that relationship, it is a significant investment from both sides, both sides of the coin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's something that is a little bit tricky nowadays with the proliferation of free content that's available, um, which is awesome. And it, it provides access to a lot of people to learn things that they would not otherwise be able to learn because we don't have things, you know, Craig brought up a really good point. We don't have things like apprenticeships as often anymore nowadays as we used to. And, you know, it's not, oh, I want to learn to build furniture. Let me go, you know, spend seven years working for a master furniture maker. And then maybe one day I'll own my own tools and shop and be able to do it myself. It's, it's more along the lines of, you know, I want to do this, let me teach myself how. But the free content, you know, it will only get you so far at a, at so fast of a pace. Right. Um, and we have to realize that if what you want is more serious mentoring you may not be able to find it in the same way that you can just go online and find free content. Um, It's important to remember that mentoring is a relationship 
and a relationship is two-sided. <laughs> um, so you have to think about what you bring to the relationship as the mentee. Um, and it's not say you know, there's there's a difference between paying someone to take a class and, uh, you know, having someone be your mentor. But mm -hmm. sometimes if you want to start that relationship with someone, you're going to have to put out some some sort of uh, of money, you know, either to take a class with them or to pay for a one-on-one -on -one lesson. Um, you know, the people that we often think about as being mentors or the people that we would like to, to have as mentors, this is how they make their living. They, they teach, they give classes, they tutor, you know, so by making that initial monetary investment in them, you're essentially giving them your vote of confidence and saying, I appreciate what you do. I think that you have a tremendous amount to offer, and I'm grateful that you are putting it out there, and I'm willing to spend some of my hard-earned money on you because I think that what you have to offer is worth it. Um, and, you know, it... <laughs> We also don't want to imply that just because you've taken a class with someone means that they're going to then go on and mentor you. But that's a way of beginning a relationship with that person. Right. Um, and so that you don't have to just walk up to someone out of the blue and say, hey, you don't know me, but uh, would you make a substantial investment of your time in me as my mentor? Um, <laughs> you know, it's... <laughs> It just it's doesn't work. No relationship works that way. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, you form a relationship in the proper channels. And if then the relationship comes to the point where both of you work well together and you're able to continue it past that initial uh, class or, or lesson or whatever, um, then you can explore the concept of, hey, you know, would you, would you be interested in doing some more one-on-one -on -one, one -on -one instruction with me? Because I, I feel like I could really benefit from it, and I know that you have a lot to offer. And and just kind of ease into it. Don't, you know, email someone out of the blue and say, I want you to be my mentor. You know, that's... Yeah. People don't return those emails. Well, no, because it's... <laughs> I mean, it's it's lazy is really what it is. Sure. Um, and, and, you know that that i this idea of of investing right it doesn't have to be a monetary investment but to adam's point when you're looking at it from a perspective of i want to develop these skills as a woodworker typically those are going to be the individuals who are best at it the masters of the trade and that's going to be somebody that does this full time i mean not always but often it is and so right. there's so much more than just here's some money for a class that that says about you, what you think about that individual it's you know to your point i i value what you're providing um because if you look at it from the opposite perspective of you know there's so many of these these men and women who do fantastic free content and what you see often unfortunately is that's great hey can you do a video on this too and Hey, can you uh, tell me how to do this and tell me how to do that and this and that and this and that? Um, and it's gimme, 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 gimme. Um, and, you know, that's not a relationship, uh, you know, because you're not 
you're not putting anything into it. All you're doing is just taking. Um, and that's where, you know, this idea of investing and, and, and let's say it's a, it's a content creator. Maybe that investment is just being part of their Patreon subscription. Um, Mm -hmm. or, you know, you know, if they have, um, you know, it's like, just pay attention to what's important to them and invest in that. Uh, maybe it's somebody that's just starting out a channel, you know, looking at from the content creator side of things. Maybe they're just starting a channel, right? We all know that channels grow with engaged audience members, right? So mm-hmm. if I'm creating content, even if it's free content and there's no likes, and there's no comments, there's no anything, it's just crickets, I'm probably not going to keep doing it, right? <laughs> I'm going to get a little frustrated. I'm going to get disheartened and, disheartened, and I'm probably going to stop doing it, Um so something from an investment standpoint, something as simple as just engaging with that individual, you know, thank you for creating this content. I found value in it. So, you know, validating uh, that there was value in the content that they created. Um, and maybe you do have a question. Um, you know, I think there's still certainly a place for that. Um, but finding you know, seeing what's important for them, investing in what they're doing, participating, you know, playing an active role in it um, really goes a long way. Uh, and it puts you in a position where if you are interested in, in seeking more from that relationship, it makes that conversation a lot easier. Um, and so, you know, that's where this idea of investing, and again, it doesn't have to be a monetary investment. Um, but it really does. If you're interested in developing a relationship with somebody starting with what can I do for them uh, is a really great place to start before you start saying, what can you do for me? Um, And, you know, from an education standpoint, like looking, you know, listening to, to Craig talk about some of the classes where he took where, Hey, my shop is open to you while you are here. Him spending 14 to 16 hours a day in the shop with the individual. That's, that's a time investment of saying, I value this gift of this class so much that I'm going to use every hour, every minute that you've given me uh, to, the, I'm going to take full advantage of that opportunity. That's also an investment because mm-hmm. what that, what that says about him is I take this seriously and I'm not going to waste your time while I'm here or waste what I've learned by going back to wherever I came from and not ever using it again. Right. Um, and that sends a signal to that person that I would be worth mentoring. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I will not waste your time as a mentee and I will I will learn from it because I will put the effort into it to absorb that and to appropriate that information and, and work it into my skills and experience. You know, it's it's not going to be this one-sided, you know, talking to a brick wall who's not absorbing anything. No, you know, I, I want to jump in and I want to, I want to make an effort. Yeah. Um, and if you think about it, it's a natural human, I don't even know, a virtue or, or just, it's part of our nature to want to pass on something, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and that's how... Literally, that's how society functions. Everything that we do is because somebody before us figured out how to do it. 
you know, 99.99999%. But even the things that we create are created using what somebody else figured out before we were around. Um, and so that that's part of our DNA. It's part of our human nature. Uh, but naturally, right, we're not going to just give that out freely to whoever is has a heartbeat, a pulse, uh, because it is an investment in our time. And we want, you know, we even if it's not even selfish desire, we don't want that to be squandered. You know, you look at the relationship between Constantino and Mary May. Obviously, he saw something in her that that gave him the confidence to say, I want to teach her what I have learned. And if you look at it, it's not surprising why you look at all the great things that she's doing now. You know, she's gone from she's built a professional career out around this skill set of carving. And now she's doing the exact same thing that he did. She's turning around and giving that knowledge back to the community in a phenomenally, just a phenomenal way uh, and doing it also online, which allows it to live on even longer uh, and reach mm-hmm. even a, a greater audience. Um, and and that's the beauty of those types of relationships, because without those relationships, these things, they die and they don't right. get passed on. Uh, and we've seen some of that, but what's awesome is that we've also seen a huge resurrection in some of those lost arts uh, to where, you know, they're not permanently lost anymore. Um, so the last thing that we wanted to talk about, uh, you know, we've talked about humility uh, as a place to start and, you know, the investment of, of both individuals time is looking at it from. Uh, the other side of that relationship coin of, of being a mentor yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people might think, oh, well, that's ridiculous because I'm I'm too young. I'm too inexperienced. I'm too this. I'm too that. I can't possibly be a mentor. I'm not, you know, insert featured craftsman here. <laughs> um, uh, but... W- I guess the challenge is really uh, to reevaluate maybe that assumption that I don't have anything to offer. Exactly. Um, because if you've been on the planet uh, and you've had any success in woodworking or any aspect in your life, um, there's always something that we do have to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't have to be always in a formal capacity of, well, I have 25 years of full-time woodworking experience to offer. Uh, but because there's always somebody else that has less experience than you do. And that individual could be, I've never touched a woodworking tool in my life. Well, actually, I have a lot of experience compared to that person. <laughs> right. uh, not necessarily compared to a Todd Clippinger, but if... If you've never done any woodworking before in your entire life, you've never touched a tool before, I could probably help you out, actually. Um, you know, I've been there before and not so long ago. Um, and and so, you know, there, there's there's an aspect of, of that of saying, just because I haven't been doing this forever doesn't mean that I don't have something to offer. Uh, and it's really being open to sharing that when when the opportunity presents itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's important to realize that, you know, this goes along with the fact that however little experience you have, there is someone out there with less experience. 
you know, um, think about how excited you were when you first started woodworking and, you know, realize that there are people out there with that same excitement who just want to do it. They want to try it. They want to get better at it. And you have to realize that being a mentor does not mean training the next famous, talented, amazing, competent woodworker. Um, right. You know, it, it can be anyone. Your your neighbor, um, your kid, someone else's kids. You know, um, if if you have like a like a scout troop or something, you know, you can you can bring those kids into the shop. We've we've spoken a little bit about that before with um, finding you know age appropriate activities and things. But um, you know, you can be a mentor to anyone who is willing to learn. So just because you can't necessarily take them to, um, Sam Maloof levels of woodworking experience doesn't mean that you don't have anything to offer as a mentor and and you should be willing to help keep the craft alive by teaching it to the the people who want to learn um yeah and and i think probably the most one of the most important attributes in that if that relationship is going to be effective is really going to be they a consistent uh, investment and interest in their growth and development. Uh, obviously the, you know, the, the mentee has to put in the work too. Right. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the, the formal, that, that, that relationship is a little bit different than just a role model, uh, because the role model is a little bit more one-sided of it's, I, I've learned a lot from learning about this person. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not as intimate uh, and it's not necessarily always in a formal relationship capacity so much as, you know, being a mentor, but it's really that, that persistent investment in the growth of the individual. And it's really, a, I mean, it, it's a self, it needs to be and should be a selfless act. It's not about if you're, if you're doing that for yourself, you know, you, you, you've lost the purpose of it. Um, but it's not surprising why so many people are drawn to it because they find I grow myself when I uh, open up to the possibility of, of being a mentor in that capacity, I'm growing as an individual too, even though that isn't necessarily my goal. My goal is to invest in their well-being and their growth, um, but I receive benefit from that as well. Um, so really, the, you know, the, uh, the challenge there uh, is, is to be open to the opportunity and don't immediately dismiss yourself as disqualified. Uh, being open to that opportunity to to invest in in someone else's growth because uh, it could just be simply as inspiring them to get started. Um, sure. You know, I I had the pleasure of speaking to a gentleman Brian who uh, came across our podcast through uh, the Catholic Man Show, uh, and it was really a hey I'm interested in getting started and I don't really know where to start, but I, you know, I've got some general, uh, construction background skills that I think are probably applicable. And it seems like a pretty cool hobby to have, uh, where do I get started? And so I just said, Hey, why don't you give me a call? I could, you know, send you an email, but why don't you give me a call? Let's talk through a couple of things and I can give you some pointers as far as, you know, where to start. 
Um, and it didn't take that much of my time. Um, and it's not like, you know, I, I can only share my own experiences, but I think it really did help just give him the, Hey, I can do this. You know, it, it's not that overwhelming, you know, by breaking it down and, you know, here's a couple of tools to start with here, are some easy projects to start with, you know, as a, as a homeowner building a couple end tables here and there, uh, doing projects with your kids, you know, it, it, I think, I, I think it really helped kind of jumpstart that for him. Um, and it wasn't that, you know, a tremendous investment of my time. And it wasn't like a, Hey, I want to build a, uh, a, a dining room table with six chairs. I want to do claw foot carvings and a inlaid top with a, a leaf. Like, uh, I, I got nothing, man. <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't that it was just, Hey, I want to get started. Um, and, and you know, and it could be as simple as that. Uh, so, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so we talked about humility, uh, as a kind of a place to start on both sides of the coin. Um, you know, the, the investment that's required in order for that to be a fruitful relationship. Um, and then, you know, just this idea of not, don't immediately dismiss yourself as disqualified. Um, you know, I think those will hopefully some helpful guidelines as, as really to, to think about this more seriously about the relationships that we have in the woodworking community and, and how beneficial they can be for our growth and, and the growth of others in this wonderful trade of ours of woodworking. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, we have a resource from those Catholic men uh, that we will be putting. Uh, it's a link to an article that they put out uh, actually not too long ago, which is was very fortuitous um, because we had already decided to do this episode. And then they put out this article on identifying a wise mentor. And we thought, oh, my goodness, this is, you know, a gift from the Holy Spirit. Uh, <laughs> yep. So uh, we will definitely put that up there. But um, please do take a look at that. It's got some great insights. Yeah. And um, Jonathan, you actually got a chance to s chat briefly with the author, right? Yeah. So the author is uh, Jason Craig, and um, he is uh, the director of a... Uh, program called Fraternus, which is a, uh, it's really a, a, uh, a Catholic faith mentoring program for boys, uh, around having a community of men, uh, that, you know, typically within, the, within a parish setting, uh, that revolves around kind of, uh, the, that, that community of men teaching those boys how to become men. And it's not, a bunch of random guys teaching a bunch of random kids, you know, it's, it's the father son relationship, but in the community setting, because, you know, if, if I teach, if I try and teach my boys how to become men and I'm the only person they interact with, there's not a community as part of that. They're going to just look at me like I'm crazy. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's it's important for it to not be in isolation, to be in, in this kind of community. And the same thing applies again with the woodworking stuff of, you know, we weren't meant to do any of this stuff alone. Um, and and so, you know, there's a lot of it, it does talk about the importance of community. And, and that's where we think there's a lot of parallels uh, in this in this concept of mentoring that I think uh, there's value in that article. Uh, as well as just that organization uh, as a whole uh, around mentoring 
uh, regardless of in what capacity, but uh, certainly a lot of parallels with, with woodworking. Yeah, so we'll be sure to put that up uh, in the show notes as well, so please take a look at that. And then uh, we have th- sort of three challenge questions, really, for you guys um, for this episode. Um, first, is there a skill that you would be interested in learning uh, from a mentor? Um who are the individuals that could help you with that skill? And what have you invested so far in those ind- individuals or what can you invest? So think of it like an exercise in if you were to seek out a mentor, who would you seek out? What would you want to learn from them? And how can you begin that relationship Right. to see if it would be a good fit for that sort of thing? So we'd love to hear from you. Uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, as always on Instagram, you know, is a great place to start, uh, but also on our website at arborvitaepodcast.com. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, and, and also, you know, feel free to share maybe your experiences uh, with, you know, I, I grew up with so-and-so teaching me uh, and, uh, you know, that played a huge role. We'd, we'd love to hear about some of the mentors in your life as well. And it doesn't have to be someone famous either. It yeah. could be, you know, your father, your grandfather, your, your, you know, other relative or a friend or, or anything really yep. shop teacher, whatever. Right. Um, so the last thing that we wanted to mention, we've mentioned this a couple of times, uh, but we wanted to put a date to it. Uh, you know, we've, we've, we've talked about it, uh, but our first monthly Arbor Vitae community uh, hangout, uh, we're going to have Tuesday, March 21st at what, Adam eight? p.m. Eastern, yeah. 9, 8 p.m. 8, Eastern, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and we will we'll have more details about how to kind of get, uh, get links to that, I guess. Uh, we're going to do some testing, make sure everything's working properly. Uh, but, you know, we've we've been talking a lot and we the website tells us that people are listening. Uh, and obviously we've been grateful for a lot of uh, a lot of engagement on, on Instagram. But we really want to hear more from our listeners, uh, and really connect our listeners to each other, uh, and, and give us the opportunity to, to get to know everyone and not just for us to get to know you, uh, but for everyone to get to know each other. Uh, you know, we've met many of you and it's been wonderful meeting all of you. Uh, we'd really like to, uh, you know, to connect everyone else, uh, in this, in this, I'd say growing, uh, virtuous woodworking community. Uh, and so that's kind of the goal there. Uh, so we'll get that kicked off Tuesday, March 21st at 8 PM. Uh, hopefully we can have many of you there. Best problem to have would be that, you know, we have so many people that we can't, we can't hear each other. Uh, right. everyone's talking at the same time or we break Google. Yeah, that would be, yeah. that would be ideal. Uh, <laughs> is yes, we crash the Google hangout server. Yes. Um, Hopefully that doesn't actually happen. I'm not too worried about it, but uh, nonetheless, uh, let us know if uh, if if you plan on attending. Put your mark it in your calendars. Put it in pen. Put it on the dry erase board in the laundry room. That's where ours is, uh, and we look forward to that. Um, so definitely, the last thing and most exciting thing here is uh, we'd like to introduce our featured craftsman for this episode, and I'll I'll let Adam do the honors. 
Oh my goodness. Um, I am really, really excited about this. Our featured craftsman for episode 10 is Mike Pekovich of Fine Woodworking. Um, he is the executive art director. He is also one of the hosts of the Shop Talk Live podcast. Um, and he teaches classes. He writes articles. Um, he does amazing woodworking um, that he shows on his Instagram feed, which hopefully all of our listeners are already subscribed to him. Um, but I'm really, really super excited because Mike Pekovich has been a big role model for me ever since I got into woodworking. Um, fine woodworking was one of the first things that I sort of found. Um, when I first started getting into woodworking, I didn't really do much of it myself. I would just consume the content and, and think, oh, that would be really cool. And dream. Well, as soon as I... Yeah, and, and dream and, and drool and all kinds of other things. Um, but when I first actually started doing woodworking, fine woodworking was one of the first places that I went to really start to learn some of the techniques that I was not able to find clear and concise and helpful things elsewhere. And they have a wealth of information, you know, as a as an entity, as a magazine. But, uh, you know, I, I was really drawn to Mike Pekovich's style of woodworking. Um, he has this wonderful um, sort of evolution of arts and crafts inspired furniture that is sort of tied with this Japanese influence. Um, he does a lot of kumiko, which is just gorgeous. And yes. Um, frankly a little bit dizzying to think about um even though it's you know from what i understand it's rather simple once you get all the jigs and everything set up um but it's just uh, so amazing. is marquetry and parquetry yeah yeah <laughs> and hand, so anyway and carving <laughs> um mike is very generous in in sharing his talents whether it's um teaching classes or like i said hosting the podcast with his Instagram feed. Um, so, so please take advantage of all of that content. Um, if you're not already a subscriber of fine woodworking, their online subscription is very reasonable and you get access to, um, uh, you know, I've watched a couple of video workshops that he's done on there where he'll basically walk through an entire project. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited to be able to feature him for our listeners and hopefully we will be able to record an interview with him within the next couple of weeks yep. that we will be able to release um, hopefully by next Friday, but we'll see. All right. Well, we're very excited about that. So um, that wraps up this episode. Uh, next episode, we will be talking about the dignity of work. Uh, we appreciate uh, uh, that recommendation uh, from Father Thomas Wright. Mm-hmm. Uh, we think that really ties into kind of what a lot of the topics we've been talking about recently uh but really just you know the uh the importance and the beauty of of you know real hard uh work uh so we look forward to that uh you can find us online at arborvitaepodcast.com on instagram and other social media channels uh, and you can find myself jonathan at the catholic woodworker and adam at catholic composer on instagram so thank you so much again for listening, and as always, stay virtuous. I want you to be my mentor.